the key is, you know, just enjoy the ride, but keep everything in balance, know your people, make sure they understand, you know, what direction things are going in and, and continue to push. But at the same time, don't break things. I couldn't be at three places at once. And my impact on people mattered. And I had to be okay with the fact that I wasn't able to touch them or, or talk to them directly face to face. And I had to use other tools in order to get over that. So understanding myself, my limitations, my strengths, and the people around me and their strengths and weaknesses really helped me get over the fact that I'm no longer a technician. I can't have my accounts receivable be zero like it used to be when I was at the front desk at my dental office. Welcome to another episode of Dental Marketing Go. I'm your host, Gary Bird. I'm the founder of SMC National, where we help you create, convert, and close more new patients so you can grow the way that you want. And today, I have Dr. Dave Janish on, somebody that I've worked with for many years, and I've seen him grow firsthand. He is an amazing leader, and even better, he is going to dive into the weeds of how he's grown his practice and really get into the nitty-gritty of what he's done that has been the secret sauce to his growth, his success. He is growing in one of the hardest markets in New York City, and he's doing it very successfully, and he's going to get very vulnerable with you. I'm going to be honest with you. He shared some things that were very hard to share, but they were the truth, and he's going to share with how he worked through those and how you can take them and use them at your practices so you can continue to grow. Stay tuned. All right, Dr. Dave. So why don't you tell me what the number one thing that you're seeing right now that's really driving your growth? The thing that you look at and you go, you know, this is the core of what's going to keep us growing in, in, in all times, good times, bad times. What, what's that one thing? Yeah, I think a lot of um, emerging groups and or companies of, in any industry are probably going to be focused on processes, but we've taken a, or I personally have taken a, a different approach and always sort of have focused on the people, making sure that people are feeling fulfilled, satisfied with what they're doing and offered pathways for growth, personal and professional growth. I want to add, uh, not just growth, just for growth, but really challenging people, offering them, you know, incentives to turn their jobs into careers. Mm. Um, you know, growing a company really, um, I think is is the, the the staple that we've always sort of focused on is challenging those people, offering them pathways for personal and professional growth, and continuing to sort of push what we all can do as a unit, as a team, and individually. Yeah, I love that because a lot of times, especially in dental, and this is true with any business or any organization as well, is there's certain jobs that people can feel stuck in, right? Like that they, there is no advancement. There's nowhere else for me to go. I've already hit all my KPIs. I do it consistently. And this is kind of the end of my road. And so I, I love that mindset of like, okay, no, we're going to create a road for you or we're going to create an opportunity for you. Um, I imagine that that probably not only helps you grow because now you have growth-minded people with you. So they're thinking, how do I elevate? But then also this probably helps you retain people as well. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, honestly, uh, it is. A, sometimes it could be a double-edged sword. Um, sometimes you feel pressure to grow in order to keep everyone interested in staying around in the interest of retention. In other words, th th we have had people who have said, you know, underbite's great and you're growing and I appreciate how fast you're growing, but I want to be a part of something larger that's growing even faster. Mm. So we have been put in situations where 
for as fast as we're growing, it's still not fast enough or still can get boring for someone uh, or routine for someone and we'll, they might leave. Um, I, I actually used to beat myself up over um, trying to answer this question for doctors, right? If you're a doctor and you've got that degree and you're earning a healthy salary and, and, and have a great career that's developing, um, what does growth mean for a doctor? And I used to think, well, there's nothing left for this doctor to do, right? But when you think about how much dentistry's evolved from a clinical perspective, there truly is no ceiling. There's always yeah. a level of mastery, another skill, another material, another technique, another course that you can take. And I, again, I used to beat myself up over the fact that I felt like the dentist really didn't have a lot of opportunity for growth. But then I sort of flipped it and I said, you know, sometimes when people tell you that there's no opportunity for growth, it's really because they're just looking at life and opportunities in front of them yeah. through a very different lens than you are. And you've got to sometimes change their mindset and have them understand, no, there is room for you. You you think you might be the best at what you do, but the truth is there's way more that you can learn. There's way more that you can you know, practice at and, and develop and you have not hit the end, of the, you know, the, the end of the road for you, for yourself as a doctor. Um, and, and so we, you know, we have a, uh, uh, a plan to implement like a doctor success coach, right. And mm. that helps them sort of get to the point where, you know, they're, if they're looking to climb Mount Kilimanjaro, that's great. And that's a thing that, you know, they have to change your mindset over, change your schedule over, really get to the point where they do that. But then when it comes to the sort of day-to-day -day professional stuff and the work-related stuff, again, there's always another course. There's always another thing to get better at, uh, another technique to learn. There's no no end to growth, I think. It's infinite, yeah. especially if you have the right mindset. Hey, sorry to interrupt the show, but I got a question that came from one of our viewers and I wanted to share it with you really quickly. And this is our segment of Ask Gary. So you can send in any of your questions about dental marketing or anything that you're doing to grow your office and we'll do our best to answer your question. You can leave a comment, you can DM us, or you can email us at askgary at smcnational.com. So today's question came from Becky and what she asked was, what do you prescribe as a comprehensive marketing strategy to grow your practice? And there's really two sides of this. So you have your internal new patients. These are your patient referrals or doctor referrals. And you have your external new patients, which are going to be new patients that are coming from things like marketing and location and, and insurances and things like that. And so it's really important before you even talk about a comprehensive marketing strategy that you actually have a target of where you want to get to. So how many new patients do you want to get to? And then you need to delineate where each section is going to come from. Meaning if you want 100 new patients a month, how many patient referrals are you going to get a month and how many are going to come from external marketing sources? The reason this is so important is patient referrals are the best kind of new patients, but they're the hardest to scale. And external patients are some of the worst patients you can get. They're very hard to work with and they are the hardest to close. But it's the only way that you can really scale. And the goal is, is to turn those external uh, new patients that are coming from marketing into patient referrals internally. To do that, you have to first have a goal and you have to have a target. From there, then you can start conversating around, okay, how to get these new patients into your office. As an example, you can first start with digital marketing. I like digital marketing because you can track everything and you need to figure out what your cost per lead, what your cost per acquisition is to get a new patient in from digital then you can start testing other forms of marketing to see how it stacks up. Typically, digital is going to be the cheapest, so I like starting there. 
and then you can work in other things. You can work in postcards or or television, depending on how many locations you have, and other things that are out there. So that's the short answer. Uh, there's a much longer question or answer to that. And so I just wanted to give you the short answer for the sake of time. Enjoy the rest of the show. I love. I, I absolutely love that. Totally agree. And I, I like what you called out there. Sometimes when you work with people who are amazing, right? So if you're partnering with somebody that's amazing and they're working in your organization and they kind of work their way up, sometimes it's not going to be the right fit for them forever because they're going to, you know, Elon Musk, if, as an example, started PayPal, sold it, then started two more companies, right? Like he worked his way up and worked his way through different businesses. And he's Elon Musk, you know what I mean? Like the dude's going to keep growing and g- g- going to go past you eventually. So that's going to happen when you create that kind of environment. But at the same time, you're also thinking through this from not only the doctor's perspective, which you just shared, but I love that you're thinking through it for the rest of your team as well. Like, what is the next step? What is the next opportunity? Is there a way that you kind of display that? Because I've, I've tried doing this too in our organization of where we have like uh, a growth, uh, uh, we call it like a growth org chart where it's not just the org chart, but it's also all the positions that aren't filled by somebody currently that we know that we're going to need in the future. Is that kind of how you tackle that? Yeah, there's always, you know, we always sort of sit down and, and start talking about what the next year looks like, what the next three year look three years looks like. Um, um, you know, you got to balance talking about growth with actually getting growth done. Right? You can talk about it forever, but you got to get it done. Number two, you know, we just talked about how some people feel like there may not be opportunities for growth, but they're also on the other side of the coin. You can also create burnout, right, where people are feeling like they can't handle all the growth. And I think managing the growth is actually a huge part of the reason why I feel like we're successful is because I think we have people that are hungry and emotionally intelligent and are looking for that growth and are, are humble enough to sort of understand that they can handle this much, but can't handle that much. Um, and, and, and keeping it all in balance is key. And then keeping people also at the same time interested and excited on what the vision looks like, you know, in the next six months, 12 months, 24 months is also a a conversation that you want to have enough times, but not too many times because, you know, that, that conversation as it evolves, maybe you can be led, you you could be misleading people or talking way too much about it and not getting enough done. So, so it's, it can be a tricky balance, but if, and when you hit it, then all of a sudden all the doors start opening up for yourself and others in the company. And for me, I'm, 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 I'm convinced that, um, when you're living in your purpose, these little miracles start to happen all around you. And I've been able to witness a ton of these miracles to watch people go from working at the front desk of a dental office, just answering the phone and greeting patients to getting to the point where they have their master's degree in organizational psychology and are now, you know, in charge of so many new and different things in their career. But again, you know, what's, what's more important, the the flower or the soil that it's in, right? Like you'll never know yeah. Like what, it's a constant sort of struggle. Nurture, I think, nurture you know, the versus key is nature, to, right? Yeah, exactly. So the key is, you know, just enjoy the ride, but keep everything in balance, know your people, make sure they understand, you know, what direction things are going in and, and continue to push, but at the same time, don't break things. Yeah. Cause one thing that I was just thinking about as you were talking about balancing it there for, for to have massive growth, you have to have some people who are stable and love being stable, right? Like you, so an example, we have people in our company that love their job. They love exactly what they're doing. They don't want to grow out of it. They don't want to manage people. They don't want a new position. 
And that actually creates this firm base that you can actually help continue to grow. And so, but to your point, if you try to push people who don't want to grow to grow into something that they're not, that creates problems as well. So there's, there's, that's, that's tricky, right? Like it took me a long time as a business owner to understand that not everybody thinks like me, that there's different kinds of people out there that think differently and you have to manage all of that. And so do you guys, is that kind of how you see it? Do you have people who are happy with where they're at and they, they're, they're stable there or do you view it in a different way? We actually just promoted someone um, from within the company. Matter of fact, all of our success stories come from people that we've grown from within the company up to you know various levels. And um, on her first day in this new role, I already was already talking to her about what her next role will be, you know, two years from now, three years from now, and how I want her to be a part of that vision. And I got yelled at by the people that I work closest with saying, she just started. What are you doing? But again, I just want more for this person. Yeah. They've got everything that it takes. I know what what excites them, what what they want to see in their future. And I'm and I'm actually partially uh building the company in a direction that suits her, right? To make sure that this person is incentivized, motivated, feels like there is a future, even though they just got a promotion and a and a new job title. So I'm always looking ahead for everyone. Sometimes I sometimes that that, that works against you. Like I said, I got yelled at by people because I kind of, you know, made that promise or whatever uh, on on her first day at the the new job or with a new job title. But I mean, it's just the way I'm wired. I'm always looking ahead and I'm always thinking about the people that I have with me to go on that journey with me. So, um, you know, staying in balance is not something that you can always expect to be in. In other words, you know, if you were a tightrope walker and holding a pole, that pole is going to drift in one direction or another. That's you know, if you're in balance always, then you're really not pushing things yeah. forward. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And if you're not correcting the course that you're on, you know, you're always just imbalanced. So I think there's something to be said for equilibrium and managing that. But I think there's also something to be said for st- getting out of equilibrium and correcting things to see where things can go, right? Otherwise, it's just stagnant. And I, that's not my style. And, you know, the people that I work closest with are just not that way. And one other thing I wanted to add which um, I picked up this little trick from um, Jody, who we all know and love. Yeah. Um, when it comes to our values, we are dedicated on making sure that the patients, the team members, the vendors, everyone has a chance to be offered a version of growth, which we define as having a better tomorrow than you have today. And so um, I bring that up because what I want to say is that not everyone wants that. Not everyone understands what that is, but I think it's our role to just offer and and gently push people along. And, you know, wh- the thing that we tell people is, you know, if you knew you couldn't fail, if you had a safety net underneath you, imagine what you could accomplish. Number one, number two, as part of our value system on our Facebook page, on our level tens every week, sometimes multiple times a week, we do something called a core value call out. And when we notice someone who's exhibiting a sign of some of our values like hustle or family or growth, we make sure we call them out um, as often as we possibly can, either publicly or inside of our own four walls to make sure that they get uh, their flowers while they can still smell them. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I love that. What, What would you say the biggest difference between now and all the practices that you own now and when you had one practice? and you were working with your team directly, you were still practicing, 
what what has had to change for you mentally to to make that leap now looking back if you were to look back at dave dr dave you know however long ago that was 10 years 15 years ago what what what's been the biggest change in you to make you into who you are today to make the organization the way it is today so uh you know confidentially i should say that like uh, i actually used to beat myself up over this a lot and i used to ask myself well I have two offices and now I want to get to three. Well, how am I going to be at three places at once? And um, it, it, it took me a long time to realize that your heart, your mind, really have unlimited amounts of love that you can give and spread. And I had to basically understand that even though I wasn't there or I couldn't be at three places at once, that my impact on people mattered. And I had to be okay with the fact that I wasn't able to touch them or, or talk to them directly face to face. And I had to use other tools in order to get over that. Number one, number two, I also find myself, um, as the company's grown, I actually have had, I feel like the impact that I used to have on individual things or individual processes or people used to be much more direct, but as the company grew, the, the impact that I had to have on people were the people that I work closest with and having to trust them allowing myself to trust those people to continue the vision, to continue the purpose of the company and the messaging had to get to the point where we were all in such great alignment that even if I wasn't there, that I knew in, in my heart of hearts that everything was going to be okay. Yeah. So it took basically a level of understanding that I can't be everywhere at once. Otherwise, I can't scale this company. And in order for me to do that, I had to develop a significant level of trust and really, really great communication with people to make things scalable. And that was not easy, right? Imagine having, you know, going from one kid to two kids to four kids. I mean, how do you, how do you manage four kids compared to one, right? Yeah. How do you give all four kids all the attention you need uh, or they need rather? It, it's not easy, right? Yeah. And, and it, but when you figure it out most of the time, uh, you know, so, so it's similar to that. Um, and obviously if, if you're on a rocky, if you're in a rocky relationship with your significant other, you shouldn't have a seventh kid, right? You figure out how doing yeah. the one kid right is key. So it's okay then to pause. So it's okay to pause growth to figure things out. That's part of the process, right? Exactly. And then, and then, you know, again, you know, you've heard the saying like perfection is the enemy of progress. So you kind of understand, like, you can't have it perfect. Um, and, and as a dentist, that's hard for me and probably hard for a lot of other dentists that are like, in, in, in our world, if you're off by a millimeter, that's a mile in anything you do. So that, that's something that you have to get over, right? And that's, that's part of, I think, the, the, the part of the success is just understanding that if, some, if something is 97% okay uh, or complete, it's okay. Yeah, you yeah. 100% is just cannot cannot be talk a little bit about that because so i get that right but i'm not a dentist so i've seen with dentists they micromanage things because they want perfection out of those things and it often ends up destroying the thing or the person right in the process because they want this perfect outcome and what you just explained right there is something that i think is learned over time through business because business doesn't doesn't um it doesn't cooperate with that, right? Like it doesn't, it doesn't allow you to get to ever get there and you never get there. And you actually makes you very angry and bitter and mad. Like I've, I've gone through that very early on in my career. So how did you kind of, how'd you make that mental transition? I, I honestly, 
Uh, for me, uh, the book, The E-Myth by Malcolm Gerber was recommended yeah. to me. Yep. And when I hear about a dentist complaining about this was off by half a millimeter or this shade was not right or this patient's smile like the canine was pointier here than it was there, I'm like, you're being a technician and that's great. That's your job. But you see, I can't run this company as a technician. I'm an entrepreneur at this point. And entrepreneurs have a different idea of what is acceptable or perfect or, you know, uh, 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 the right way to get something done. It's just different for a technician versus a manager versus an entrepreneur. So it took me, I, and I, and I, and I, and I, you know, th- my imposter syndrome sort of um, led me to believe that the title entrepreneur was something that I was never worthy of mm. until I read that book. And so understanding myself, my limitations, my strengths, and the people around me and their strengths and weaknesses really helped me get over the fact that I'm no longer a technician. I can't have my accounts receivable be zero like it used to be when I was at the front desk at my dental office. It's going to it's gonna grow as the company does. Yeah. And that's okay, right? Maybe it's a sign of actually a healthy company if your accounts receivable is growing to, yeah. in, in, in some regard, right? Um, so, so there's this you know, shift that has to happen from the technical aspect to an entrepreneurial view. And that, that for me was huge. So that book helped a lot. Yeah, I love that help. That book helped me so much. And realizing that those are different skills. A technician skill set is different than the entrepreneur's skill set. And the manager or leader skill set is totally different than the entrepreneur skill set. They're two, their minds are different. They you and you have to know that you're moving from one to another. And what I think that a lot of dentists struggle with is that uh and I struggled with in early on in business is that you're trying to do all three at the same time. And you don't even know you're doing all three. So you think doing the dentistry is the same as doing the entrepreneurship, which is the same as doing the management or leadership. And they're totally different skill sets. And they take time to learn and get good at and and to work on. And and they're, it's not easy. So I, I love that. This has been really, really, really helpful. Thank you so much for coming on. Any any parting words before we part ways for, uh, especially for, if, I, I would love for you to kind of on the context of growth, um, for like somebody who has five offices, it's hard right now. Their patients, the cost of goods are high, uh, labor's up, um, debt is more expensive than ever before, and they also have same day cancellations coming out the nose because patients, even existing patients that love their offices, are are canceling same day. What any any words of wisdom as as you continue to grow and you look at this market and the opportunities that are before you? Yeah, uh, you know. Results may vary, I should say, first, before I give this advice. But I want to share a story. Um, I was on stage presenting at an event. And after I get off the stage, uh, a young orthodontist approached me and said, Hey, Dave, I have a $2 million ortho practice. And I take home about half that. But I'm tired of doing that. I'm tired of earning a million dollars a year. And I want to be like you. And I was like, well, you want to be like me? You got to lead to make that kind of money. You got to lead, you know, 10, 12 offices. And that's a very different skill set from doing $2 million worth of ortho every year. So the conversation was brief, as you can imagine. But I'm like, Liz, it's totally different. Like you're asking a saltwater fish how to swim in a, in a freshwater pond. It's just totally different. So for those people who are stuck and, and can't figure it out, uh, for me, the answer was always go faster right? Break fast, break things more, break things faster, acquire more, take more risk. And, and if you're doing the right thing, and if you really have what it takes, you'll be okay. 
because you're in this weird in-between phase. Yeah. So in order to continue to challenge yourself and get out of where you are, um, go faster, go big or go home, as they say. And the universe will let you know whether or not you're doing it right. You know, yeah, I love yes, that. you have the risk of losing a lot, but you really can't lose it all because those assets actually have value. So yeah. to get from like five to 10 locations, I would say, you know, for us, we got lucky. We found one person who sold us three offices in one lump sum. We didn't have a chance. We didn't have a choice but to absorb all three at once. And let me tell you, our our onboarding muscle, our acquisition muscle got that much bigger and better because of that through brute force. And that's what it takes. So if you're stuck, it means you're not doing things fast enough or not breaking your own concepts and systems and not not um, don't have as much momentum as you really need to get from point A to point B. So I would say you're doing it too slow. But that's my opinion. Maybe some people might understand what I mean by that. Yeah, some I do. people might be terrified with that idea, but that's how it worked out for me. I've heard I've heard people give frameworks as like, okay, how long will it take to get to go from A to B? And people will say, oh, that'll take two years. And then you say, okay, how could we do it in a year? Well, we can't. No, no, no. Like if we had unlimited resources, unlimited manpower, like how, okay, well, here's how we could do it in a year. Cool. How could we do it in six months? And even if you're not going to really do it in six months, just exercising your brain to think that way and start breaking things, even if even if you're not you're not going to execute on it, it's so helpful because you start to see the world in these different ways now. And if you're like, well, if we had a little bit more money and we added one more person, maybe we could do it in twelve months or six months or or even three months. And so I, I love that. And you are so full of wisdom. Not only are you a great dentist, a great leader, but you're also a great entrepreneur. And so this advice was like spot on. That's why I wanted to bring you on this show. So I. Really, really appreciate you coming on. Thank you for having me. Anytime you want me to back, come back. Let me know. I will definitely, I'm going to bring you back for sure. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.